Welcome to the Veteran Founder Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. Starting a company allows you to be back in control. The weekly show that brings together military spouse and veteran founders who are doing remarkable things in the business world. I can't imagine there's anything out there stronger than the bond that military and veteran entrepreneurs have. We'll hear their story, the story of their business, and lessons learned. Joy can override the worries and depression. Here are your hosts, Cynthia Kale and Josh Carter. Welcome to the Veteran Founder Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. I'm your host, Josh Carter. Cynthia is off this week. I wanted to sort of set something up. First of all, if you're new to the program, welcome. Every week we get to talk to amazing founders who just happen to be veterans. This week we had a great story, but unfortunately the audio is not very good. So hopefully you stick with it because I believe that Michael's story is a really good one. Uh, Stick through it. Hopefully you get a lot out of it. And as we grow and we learn and we understand how we can be better, we'll make sure that we put out a quality product for you. Please stick around. Here it is, our interview with Michael. I am excited to be talking to Michael Shanker from Shanker Consulting. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited you're here. We always start our programs really just talking about the start of your journey in the military. So tell me what branch you went in and what prompted you to go in the military. Uh, I was in the Army. Uh, I was 18 years old. Uh, I wanted to leave home, but I wasn't in a position to really do so because I was a spoiled brat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I figured the only way that I was going to be able to do this, to make this move out of the house, was I've got to know more about how to deal in the world. And so I thought, if I can go in the service and not lose any limbs or my brain or something like that, and I get out, then I will be able to accomplish that, which I did. That's awesome. And what did you do when you got in the Army? Um, I went to basic in Fort Lewis, Washington, and then I went to uh, Fort Monmouth, New Jersey, for microwave electronics, and uh, I flunked out. It was just not something I was really interested in, um, and so they immediately shipped me off to tanker school at Fort Knox, Kentucky. Oh, wow. Then I had a really interesting situation. I was... Uh, I was on a tank. I was looking through the sight of a 90 millimeter gun and I realized I was going to have to kill somebody. Oh, and that consideration was so annoying, upsetting to me that I got very emotional. I got out of the tank. I went in the woods. I was crying. I, it was the first time that I'd ever taken such a stand on something, but I was not going to kill anybody, period. So I came back uh, out of the woods and went and talked to my CEO, and I told him I wanted to get out of the army because I don't want to kill anybody. Yeah. (laughs) What was his response? Long story short, they sent me to a number of people, one of which was a psychiatrist. Yeah. And he had... uh, he and I became friends and he said, I got to get you out of here because they want to throw you in prison. Oh man. Because of Vietnam during the Vietnam time. Yeah. Cause yeah. it was wartime. Yeah. 
So long, he, he wound up uh, really helping me, contacting one of his friends, and he got me shipped off to Korea. And he said, when you get to Korea, you find the highest ranking officer that you can find, and you tell them what you just told me. And you make sure you've got good eye contact with the guy because he's going to make or break you. So I got shipped to Korea. Uh, they all go, we all go into one spot and then we go to our troops uh, from there. And uh, I wound up finding a full board journal and I sat down with him and I told him that I didn't want to, that I, I, I wasn't going to kill anybody. And um you know, I have a lot to offer a troop if I go uh, uh, and work in a capacity where I use my brain and not my gun. And he said, okay. Wow. <laughs> he came back in about a half an hour and he said, you're in supply. And I went into supply and I did well and I became a supply sergeant. And then I was finally discharged uh, out of Fort Lewis, Washington again. Wow. What did, what did you, I mean, obviously that was a big epiphany for you to kind of recognize looking through the scope and, and then now it's real, right? Now you have something tangible, uh, that has real consequences of the journey that you went through. What do you think was the most surprising in your journey within the army? What surprised you the most? Well, a couple of things, um, um, uh, I was surprised at, uh, I had some difficulties in a couple of little areas, uh, but, um, I was surprised by my resilience to figure out how to work within the, uh, system of the army. Yeah. And it was a big surprise that I could actually do it. And, uh, that was my biggest surprise. And, uh, it wound up being a huge benefit to me, and uh, it certainly enhanced my uh, self-esteem nice. uh, for when I got out of the service. So let's talk about that piece. You you got out after how many years of service? Three. Three, yep. And when you were having that conversation with yourself of, it's time for me to get out, what was that conversation? It was purely emotional. And it, 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 it's like, I, first of all, it was a total surprise to me that I had that response. Now I was only 18 years old, mm -hmm. but nevertheless, um, uh, it blew me away. And it was the first time in my life that I realized it did not matter what happened to me based on my circumstances. Uh, they weren't going to change. I wasn't going to change my mind. Mm -hmm. And it was very emotional. And uh, I didn't, you know, part of me wasn't going to budge from this situation. Another part of me was scared that what was going to happen to me based on, uh, I mean, as soon as I told someone that I did, wanted out of the Army, a lot of people wound up finding out about it. Hmm. Interesting. And so when you got out, what was the first sort of job? Like a, a lot of people when they transition out, they really struggle to figure out what their next step is. Was that your experience or did you kind of know 
what your next step was going to be when you got out of the military? No, no, that was that was not my that was not my perspective. Uh, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I initially became a stockbroker. Oh wow! And uh, I was the worst stockbroker in the world. <laughs> Did you have a background in finance or just this is something no, you fell into? No, I didn't have a background in finance. I had no interest in stock. Yeah. But I liked the concept of being a stockbroker. I had no idea what a stockbroker actually did. Yeah. And uh, after about four years of struggling, I had a situation where uh, I was, when they started the Chicago Board Options Exchange. Um, I uh, uh, I got real interested in that, the CBOE, mm-hmm. uh, uh, selling options. And so I, I have a, had a client, and uh, he was going to put ten grand in it and see how he does. And uh, he put the money in, and immediately within a week, it was gone, down to zero. Mm-hmm. And I felt terrible. And I went and I talked to the manager – uh, at the time, and he and I actually were friends, and he said to me, <laughs> I won't use his exact words, but he said, he asked me, do they have any more money? Hmm. And I said, are you kidding me? Do they have any more money? Yeah. I, I need to find, I need to go make up 10 grand. And he said, Michael, if they don't have any more money, get to another client. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I quit. And so I got out of that and I wound up going into uh, microwave electronics. Oh, wow. It was literally the advent of the, uh, uh, of the microcomputer. And I wound up going to work for a software company and I got involved with, with uh, selling systems to the, um, um, Selling systems to uh, the real estate industry. Okay. So I wound up, uh, you know, working with various boards and getting the deal where we, at that point in time, we were uh, loading up mainframes uh, in and in, uh, uh, in our office for various uh, real estate clients. We wound up having the largest real estate um, organization uh, in the country the San Fernando Valley Board of Realtors. And uh, anyway, I did very well in that field. And I wound up becoming uh, executive vice president of the company I was working with. Nice. And they told me, at one point in time, they told me that they had an opportunity to do a deal with the largest real estate information systems company in the country. And they said, and they were just a small company. They were a relative startup. And I said, don't do it because I don't know if they know how to sell a product. And so long story short, they didn't know how to sell the product, but they had an exclusive deal with it. So they basically didn't, weren't doing hardly anything. And so I went and talked to the president of my company. And I said, you know, this is bullshit. This is not going to work. And so then I wrote, and he said, I don't know what to do. We have a contract. So then I started calling a gentleman by the name of John Course, who was the president of the company that um, wanted to, that had the deal with us. 
And uh, he invited me to come to McLean, Virginia, hmm. where I went. And I basically had a meeting with him and his vice president of sales for this product, uh, real estate information systems. And so at the end of the meeting, he fired his vice president of marketing and asked me if I wanted a job. Hmm. And I said, I don't want a job, but I'll be a consultant, which I had no idea what that really entailed. Right. And long story short, I found what I was into. I was being a consultant was the best thing I'd ever experienced. And I um, initially did uh, businesses. I did business plans. I did public speaking. I wrote uh, a book and then I wrote a second book. And um, uh, that's what got me into the consulting business. And uh, I've been in the consulting business ever since for like 40 years. Nice. When you decided you were going to get into consulting, did you feel like you had enough of a customer base? Because you, and the reason I'm asking this is when somebody starts a business, the first thing is, how do I get customers? How do I get the next one? How do I get the right? And so on and so forth. When you started to do consulting, is it something that you felt like you had enough of a network, you had enough of a, a you know customer lead that you felt like this could really lead to a business? Or did you think, this was going to be something that I was going to do for a few years, try it out, and then go back to go work for somebody. Probably the latter more than anything. Uh, it was a surprise to me that I even said it, but they bought it and they said, fine, you, uh, you can. Uh, so I spent three months going back and forth between California and uh, Virginia and worked with the company, did great. In fact, the guy that got canned because of my meeting, the vice president of marketing, he actually became friends with me. And he and I did a gig with uh, AT&T and Bell Labs uh, talking to their top tier sales agents uh, regarding selling real estate information systems to the business because they were going to get into it. Mm. And so, it, and it worked great. They hired me. I went out to Keela Island in South Carolina and uh, we, him and I put on this program for uh, three days and it was just, it was just great. It really was. It was, it was a great experience. And I thought, you know, I don't know where this is going to take me, but this is what I'm going to do. And so I had no customer base. I had nothing except for the one client I just got. Um, and so um, that's how I kind of got into it. So talk a bit, little bit about how you grew from there. I mean, when you, you just said you didn't really have a big customer base, how did you, first of all, how did you define who your customer was? And then how did you go out and find them? Okay, originally my customer base was companies. And the way that I designed the program that I took to them was um, I wanted the people in the company that uh, were, you know, I got hired by, the pre uh, by a president or someone in um, marketing. And um, one of the things that I did 
was um, I, I had a, I set it up in such a way where they had a goal, each person, and there was about 10 of them in the first group. I worked for a company called First Consumers National Bank, and they retained me to do this. And so I said, you got to have two goals. One, a company goal, and the second one is a personal goal. Now, on one hand, that concept worked great because people were, were amazed. They actually got to do something on work time, and it was for them personally. The problem was that many people, um, probably at least 30 to 40% of them, wanted to leave the company. Mm. And I said, well, this is not going to work because that's a, 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 a <laughs> you can't have the company pay you to help the people get another job. And the more I thought about it, I thought, you know what? Why would they possibly want people that didn't want to work for them to work for them? Mm -hmm. I said, this should be an excitement. And uh, I was working with the executive vice president uh, um, uh, for this group. And uh, I said, you ought to get excited when someone wants to leave you. In fact, you should help them get another job. Mm. And I said, you watch and see how many people come through your front door. Sure enough, it worked like gangbusters. Hmm. And uh, I was just I was just shooting from the hip. I'd never done, done this before, but it worked out just great. We did a three-month um, uh, uh, survey, and we did a six-month survey. And I was getting, in some instances, over 100% improvement in the sales group than before they had me. Wow. So when you, what do you think you took from your experience in the military that helped you to be a good entrepreneur? When I went into the military, uh, based on my unfortunate relationship with my father, mm. I am, um, uh, my self-esteem level was probably, on one hand, it was very good. I had a lot of confidence. But on another hand, I didn't have confidence. And I think by virtue of going through the military and succeeding in understanding their system and using their system, I think that's what gave me the courage to... Because if I could do that, then I could probably do just about anything. And that's what I took away from the service. Nice. When, you, when you're thinking about how you grow your business today and what kind of services you offer, how do people approach you about that? Like, what, what kind of solutions are people looking to you to solve when they're engaging you? Good question. Um, like I said, initially I started out as a business consultant, but because I felt that there was a problem uh, in the way that I had put that together, my model, my business model, um, I started to go towards more individuals. And at the same time this was all happening, I was doing a phenomenal amount of reading in the area of personal development Zen Buddhism, 
all kinds of things like that. It actually initially started in 1965 hmm. when I was in high school. Somebody gave me this strange book called The Finding of the Third Eye by Lobsong Rampa. And uh, I read that book, and it was the most interesting book I'd ever read. And because of that, I began a field of study that allowed me to discover many, many things that most people don't know about. And by not knowing about it, it inhibits their ability to grow and achieve their goals. So my business at this point in time is I help people achieve their goals once they understand that their goals have to be their goals built on a foundation that's going to be able to actually bring them what they want. I mean, the reality is if you peel an onion on what people want in their life, uh, you get down to being happy. That's really what it, where everything that people want by and large, the end result is it makes them happy. And so unfortunately people in our country they think about the money and the money is not the way to make it. The way to make it is to do what you love irrespective of anything else. If you do what you love, you're going to do a lot of it. You're going to be good at it. And that's what your goal needs to be. Not something that's going to make you more money. Well, that's, it's interesting that you, put it in that perspective because when you as you talk about being a, a business consultant ultimately right it's a capitalistic system people want to make money but what you're talking about is taking it from a different perspective so in that in that realm in that lens what does success look like once you are done with an engagement with a customer what do you, what does that look like for them okay so the program that I've since I've developed a lot of programs over the years, but the most recent program that I've done, uh, I've got a three-month workshop uh, called um, um, Underdog Transformation Workshops. Oh, okay. And what it is, it's about 17 workshops, and it takes approximately uh, three months to complete them. And so what I do is... Uh, if I get a client that's got a goal that he hasn't been able to get or he's failed at a number of times, these are kind. this is my marketplace. It's people that want to achieve things, and many of them are business owners. But when it comes to the money part, if they have a goal about money, we go a different direction because that's not going to get them what they want. So um, that's that's basically how I how I work it is I find people that once that basically want to be someplace other than where they're at, whether it's, you know, in a relationship, whether it's uh, financial and business or, and so those are my clients and I take them through a, a program where I teach them how life actually works because the reality of life is, you don't really get by getting, you really get 
by getting just the opposite thing. And I have so many different things like that, that people start to look at themselves and their life and their careers and their relationships from a different perspective. Hmm. That's, it's a, that's a great perspective. I, I love the, the sort of give first mentality there that, that you teach uh, in that program. Now, when talk about a time where it didn't go well with a customer. I and mean, we all have these sort of horror stories with customers. Has there been a time when a customer is just completely resistant? And then what's the outcome usually when that happens? Okay, good question. All right, I was working with a real estate company. This is the only time it ever happened. Uh, and, and basically what I did was I guaranteed that by the time they finished the program, they would feel that they got 10 times more from it than what they paid. That was my guarantee. However, they actually had to finish it and do all of the assignments. And then I would, uh, if they did that, then I would uh, uh, give them their money back. And I've, hmm. I've never given anybody their money back. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, when I was working for this real estate company, I had five women in the group. And uh, I was looking forward to it because I really love working with women. And um, what happened was over a period of about a month or so, it got kind of personal. Hmm. I mean, it always gets personal. So, but it got personal, too personal for the entire group. And they did not want to share things with people that they work with. Hmm. And so they wanted their money back. And I said, this is not going to happen because you, you know, the guarantee they have in writing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we were only a month into it. We had to go, we had two more months to go. So they hardly got into it at all. Wow. So that was the only problem I've ever had. It wasn't really that much of a problem. You know, we stopped doing it. Um, but um, that's the only problem I ever had. Everything yeah. else, thank God, was very successful. That's awesome. Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, we make lots of mistakes, right? And we could point to several that we make along the way. What do you think is the one mistake that you have made along the journey that could have scuttled everything you worked for? Ah, could have scuttled everything I worked for. God, nothing comes to mind. I mean, it could be... You know, you brought in the wrong partner or you, you know, had a vendor that, that, uh, you know, represented you wrong. A lot of them are usually people issues, right? Or you made a bad mistake on some job or it, like I mentioned, there's a lot to point to. And I'm, I'm just curious if there's one that you could point to that was, uh, that was very memorable. Maybe it wasn't one that could have scuttled your business, but certainly was one that it was a significant mistake. One of the one of the things that I learned in my life, uh, and fortunately, I have very little to um, uh, go back to and really, uh, you know, was sorry about. Sure. But I had an opportunity 
through the service to get an education. And because I was not a very good student, uh, I wound up kind of, you know, blowing the opportunity. I did do it for a while. I was going to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And um, I, was, I did it for a while. And then I just didn't appreciate what having a degree could do. And so if I have any regrets in my life, it was not getting an education. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I mean, I look back, I did the same thing. I went in and out of the Navy. I did three years. I was I didn't stay in very long. What I, what I wish I would have done is take advantage of all of the different elements and perks while in the service. And I mean, I went to school after I got out of, of the military, but there's so much you they offer you while you're in service. I wish I would have done more in my short time that I was there. And maybe it would have meant I stayed in longer. Who knows, right? You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I definitely feel like had I, I had I put more of a focus on education in the military, I would have felt more rewarding. I, I would have looked back more fondly on my time. Does that make sense? Yeah, it not only makes sense, I share that perspective. Yeah, yeah there was a lot of things. I mean, at one point in time, I had the uh, idea of actually getting an, getting some of an, uh, some of my education in the service, just doing it while I'm there. Yeah. And I never did it, and I could have done it, yeah. and I could have done it for zero. It wouldn't have cost anything. Right. But I didn't yeah. do it. Yeah. You know, it just, and so that's the, that, that's probably the biggest regret I have is that I did not finish uh, my education because I think it would have taken me, if I would go on and got a, a, a master's degree, I think that it would be, um, it would have been really beneficial. Now, I have a situation now where I'm fortunate enough uh, because of my success that I am uh, helping my daughter pay off student loans. And I said, I'm going to help you on one condition. You have to go back to school and get your master's degree because you can't do anything with an undergraduate degree. It's not worth it. And so uh, it looks like that my daughter is getting set to uh, go to uh, do, a, do a program with USC, wow. which happens to be my, my, my wife, uh, ex-wife, not ex-wife, she passed away. Oh, I'm sorry um, to hear that. It was her favorite school. That's it. She loved USC football. Yeah. And so, uh, anyway, so that's exciting that I have an opportunity to help my daughter do something that I wasn't smart enough to do. That's amazing. Congratulations. That's, that's great to to hear. What what do you, uh, where do you hope the company is in the next five to 10 years? What what do you hope that it ends up becoming, uh, as you, as you keep going? I mean, you've been doing this a long time, but, but we are always thinking about, how our company evolves and changes over time. Where, where do you see your business in the next five to 10 years? Uh, my inclination is to actually um, wind up working with either nonprofits or other organizations that are doing worthy things in the world 
and just volunteer my services. Nice. So where I'm seeing my business is actually not making a dime, which is okay with me, and helping companies that help other people. I love that. I love that. Michael, where, where can people find you online, your business online? Uh, they can go to uh, Shanker, S-H-E-N-K-E-R dot consulting. And that'll take them to my website. It's got all my contact information. Uh, it's got a, a it's, it, it's uh, the website's very small, uh, but I have a landing page and I have a lot of information about me and uh, what I do and uh, information about my books, things of that nature. I love it. Michael, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and I wish you all the luck in the world. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Hey, guys, you've been listening to the Veteran Founder Podcast on Startup Radio Network. Listen to us every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific or anywhere you find your podcasts. Listen, learn, get stuff done. We'll see you next week. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.